0: First and foremost, what's next is that AOTA is going to continue to analyze this bill. This bill was over 4,000 pages, and so they are reading through it and looking for opportunities where, even if it doesn't mention occupational therapy specifically, where we still have an opportunity to benefit from some of the changes that were addressed in this bill. Hi, I'm Clarice Grody, and welcome to the Amplify OT podcast. I'm an occupational therapist by trade and a policy wonk by choice. This podcast is here to help you survive and thrive in the U.S. healthcare system through a better understanding of policy, advocacy, and value-based care. So, let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Amplify OT podcast. This is our first episode of 2023. So this episode, we're going to talk about all the wins and some of the losses that we experienced at the end of Congress, because we are now starting a brand new Congress, the 118th Congress. But before we do that, I want to say thank you so much for listening to the Amplify OT podcast. The podcast has really grown this last year, so I'm officially into my second year of podcasting, and I can't wait to bring more episodes to you all this year. I am also so excited to announce that I am officially launching the Amplify OT Membership. Yes, I have Mastering OT Policy and Medicare, but that course is being combined into the membership so that I can support you all better. The one key thing that I felt was really missing from that course is the opportunity to engage in conversation and problem solving around advocacy and policy which is why I'm starting the Amplify OT membership, not only because it offers more pricing flexibility for folks, but also because it allows us to engage in more conversation and community around how we can engage in advocacy and support each other and the profession of occupational therapy. So I'm so excited. So before you do anything else, I want you to go to the show notes or go to amplifyot.com and get yourself on the wait list because signups will only be open for a week towards the end of January. So go to amplifyot.com forward slash membership, or go to the link in the show notes and get yourself on the wait list and then come back and let's talk about what's going on with Congress. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into Congress. The 117th Congress finished out their term and the year with a massive $1.7 trillion legislative package, which is the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 2023, otherwise being called the Omnibus Bill. Now, obviously, this bill doesn't cover just healthcare, but within this massive legislative package, there are quite a few healthcare policies and quite a few of them impact our practice. Now, personally, I like to receive the good news first, so let's go ahead and start there. To start things off on a strong note, the Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act was officially passed. This is a bill that AOTA has been advocating for in a couple of different Congresses, and it is so exciting to finally see it included in the final legislation. So if you are familiar with the Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act, don't worry. I do have a link in the show notes to an article on this specific bill, as well as AOTA's summary, but this is what the bill is all about. It's very exciting in terms of supporting diversity in the allied health professions. So the Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act requires HERSA to create a grant that would provide funding to higher education programs in the allied health professions, which is OT, PT, speech, audiology, and respiratory therapy. And this grant money goes towards recruiting and retaining individuals from diverse or underrepresented backgrounds in these health professions. Now, this is obviously exciting because we know that occupational therapy lacks robust diversity. And we also know that decreased diversity in a healthcare profession results in poor outcomes for our patients. So, this is an extremely important piece of legislation. We're so glad that it passed. It's a big advocacy win. So, thank you to everyone who sent letters. And thank you to Dr. Victoria Garcia Wilburn for speaking on behalf of this legislation in the House in 2021. So, this is a huge advocacy win to start off the pod. Next, we have another huge win for telehealth. As you may remember, the public health emergency, I'm talking about the COVID 19 public health emergency. Before the public health emergency, occupational therapy practitioners were uneligible to bill for telehealth services for Medicare beneficiaries. They could for some other private insurers, but not for Medicare. Well, under the public health emergency, CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, granted temporary relief. By allowing occupational therapy practitioners, along with others, to provide services via telehealth and receive reimbursement. However, this is only temporary. Now, Congress did go ahead and take action earlier in this last year that would extend the coverage of telehealth for 151 days past when the public health emergency ends. Now, that has not gone into effect because the public health emergency is still currently in effect. It currently expires sometime mid-January, but most likely, because we haven't been told it won't renew, it'll renew for another 90 days into April. Now, what Congress did this time around is that they passed another temporary extension through the end of 2024. Now, more likely than not, the COVID-19 public health emergency will probably end this year because it has to end at some point. So more likely than not, the public health emergency will end this year, which means that we potentially would have run out of being able to bill for telehealth by the end of 2023. But with this legislation, it is now guaranteed for coverage for occupational therapy practitioners, so both OTs and OTAs, to bill for services provided under telehealth for Medicare beneficiaries through the end of 2024. Now, obviously, this is not a permanent solution, but it's at least a good start and buys us a couple of years before we will start to need to really start advocating again for a permanent solution. Now, of course, AOTI is going to continue to advocate for a permanent solution, but that costs money. So a permanent solution is a lot more expensive than a year to extension. We could definitely potentially get into a point where every couple of years we're asking for a renewal and a renewal but the good news is it is a lot harder to take away a benefit once practitioners and beneficiaries have gotten used to having it. By the end of 2024, a Medicare beneficiary will have been able to receive therapy services for almost four years via telehealth. Now imagine after four years, they have to announce, sorry, you can no longer receive your services via telehealth. That's going to be a problem. It's going to cause issues. So This is an issue that is bipartisan, that both Republicans and Democrats would like to see a permanent solution, but it costs money. This bill was already worth $1.7 trillion, so we will just need to continue advocating for a permanent solution to telehealth. But until now, this at least buys us some time, and for everyone who's providing telehealth, it lets you know that you are safe for another two years, so you can feel comfortable investing in those systems still. Another huge Medicare win is the passage of the Lymphedema Treatment Act. This is a bill that we've been advocating for for years, a long time, very long time. So it's very exciting to see it be passed for a little bit of background. Medicare does cover lymphedema treatment so you can see a patient for lymphedema, you can bandage them, you can provide MLD, and you are reimbursed for those services. But of course, Medicare doesn't cover garments to maintain lymphedema. Now with the Lymphedema Treatment Act, it is expanding coverage for lymphedema garments, as well as other commonly prescribed items to address lymphedema. Now, Medicare has seen that it is important to cover these items for a number of years, but it required congressional action. So typically, in order for Medicare to expand coverage of services, it does require an act of Congress, which is why this took so long. And again, because it's expanding Medicare services, it does have a cost associated with it, and anything with an associated cost takes longer to pass. So this is a super exciting bill. Obviously, we don't know any details around what types of garments they'll cover, how much they'll be covered. We also don't know, are they going to be classified as like DME and how that might impact some of the practitioners who sell garments? Because if they become like a DME, a durable medical equipment, then you can only purchase that through like a registered DME company in order to get reimbursed under Medicare. So TBD on those details, stay tuned for updates because obviously this will definitely impact our patients and definitely impact all of you. Super exciting to see this happen. Super exciting for our patients, because I know, I mean, countless of my patients that I worked with who had lymphedema, especially that kind of lower leg edema, really could have benefited from compression garments. And it also will hopefully reduce costs because they're not going to have to continuously come back to therapy for management of their lymphedema or potentially wounds, amputations, et cetera. I don't have to lecture you all. You know that it's important. And so this is very exciting to see it happen. Next on the docket is a huge win for mental health. Finally. Now, for a good chunk of you, you most likely won't see much of a change in terms of mental health coverage. So to be clear, Medicare covers occupational therapy services with a psychiatric diagnosis. So they cover mental health OT services. They're just built under regular CPT codes, which is why things get confusing because we don't have like separate codes for Medicare coverage for mental health services. Now, I will admit, understanding this specific policy is a bit outside of my normal wheelhouse, so I will direct you to, if you especially are working in this kind of area, to check out the link in the show notes, which links to an AOTA article that has a lot more information about this new policy. But basically, what this bill did is it created a new Medicare mental health benefit for intensive outpatient services that are provided at federally qualified health centers, or FQHCs, or rural health clinics. So according to AOTA, this is a really great opportunity and could really increase the ability of OT practitioners provide those community mental health services, which we know are super important. Now, obviously, this isn't yet in effect. It will have to undergo a rulemaking process, just like many of the other issues. But this is, again, a really big opportunity. So if you work in a rural health clinic or you work in an FQHC, I definitely want you to read this article. Now we're sticking with the mental health, but pivoting to higher ed to talk about another exciting fix to a previous policy regarding grants administered by HRSA or the Health Resources and Services Administration, so HRSA. It's a grant funding program that they manage that would allow occupational therapy programs to apply for behavioral health workforce education training grants, or BWIT. But it was only eligible for master's level occupational therapy programs. This was originally instituted in 2015, and so obviously that is an issue, especially now that we have so many doctoral level programs. But this legislation, thus Omnibus bill, corrected this issue, so now doctoral level programs are eligible to apply for BWIT funding. Good news for all of you OT educators out there who are passionate about mental health, which, frankly, should be all of us. So now that we've covered the wins, let's go ahead and pivot to what management might call opportunities for improvement right after the break. Are you ready to take your occupational therapy practice to the next level? Then look no further than the Amplify OT membership. You heard that right. Amplify OT has its very own membership program. This membership is designed to help occupational therapy practitioners just like you stay informed about the latest developments in Medicare and advocacy. You will have exclusive access to resources, webinars, the Mastering OT Policy and Medicare course, Q&A sessions, plus the ability to DM me your questions and get answers fast. But of course, that is not all. As a member, you'll be part of a community of like-minded occupational therapy practitioners who share their expertise and offer support. So by joining the Amplify OT membership, you'll be able to stay up to date on the latest Medicare regulations and guidelines, learn how to advocate for your patients and your profession, connect with other OT practitioners and students to share your knowledge, and you'll have access to those exclusive resources and webinars so you can reach your full potential as an OT provider. So don't miss out on this opportunity to take your practice to the next level, sign up for the Amplify OT membership today, by going to the link in the show notes or amplifyot.com forward slash membership. Don't forget to stay informed and be the change that you want to see in our healthcare system. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by MedBridge, your go-to resource for advancing your occupational therapy career and, of course, getting those necessary CEUs. If you are passionate about staying at the forefront of our field and enhancing your skills, MedBridge is a comprehensive solution. With the MedBridge subscription, you gain access to an extensive library of high-quality live and recorded courses led by industry experts. So stay up to date with the latest advancements in occupational therapy, explore evidence-based practice, and enhance your clinical skills. One reason that I really like and recommend MedBridge is because they have both intervention-based courses and policy and reimbursement-based courses, and that is a rare find in a CEU company. But here's the best part for our OT amplifiers community. If you use the promo code AMPLIFYOT at checkout, you'll unlock an exclusive 40% discount on your MedBridge subscription. Yes, you heard that right, 40% off with the code AmplifyOT. That's A-M-P-L-I-F-Y-O-T. This is a fantastic opportunity to save some money, elevate your practice, and support AmplifyOT. So don't miss out on this chance to supercharge your professional development and head over to MedBridge.com, use the promo code AmplifyOT, and enjoy the benefits of MedBridge while also supporting AmplifyOT and all the free resources that we produce here, like this podcast. So again, head to MedBridge.com, use the code AmplifyOT at checkout, and we also have the link for you in the show notes. And we're back, so let's go ahead and talk about things that didn't come out exactly the way that we had hoped. First and foremost, let's rip the Band-Aid off with Medicare Part B payments or the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule. Now, as you may remember, we are facing around a four and a half percent cut to Medicare Part B spending on occupational therapy services as well as other services. It's not just a hate on OT party. And we were really hoping when we talked with Heather Parsons back in November that we would either get a 3% increase to the Medicare physician fee schedule, which would only be a decrease of like 1.5, or potentially we might get a little bit of an increase in spending. Well, we didn't get either. What we did is that Congress mitigated the conversion factor, which is what leads to the cuts, is that the conversion factor is edited. So the conversion factor was cut by 2% instead of 4.5%. So they gave a bit of an increase for 2023. And then Congress also did a surprising move where they put an increase to the conversion factor by 1.25% in 2024. Now, obviously, we don't know what the conversion factor will look like in 2024. But let's say that they don't adjust the conversion factor for OT at all, the conversion factor remains approximately the same, we would still see a smidge of a decrease because this year they increased the conversion factor by like 2.5%, and next year they're only doing it by like one25 So that difference, we're going to feel that in the conversion factor, assuming that they don't adjust anything else in the conversion factor. So while this isn't a total loss, I wouldn't call it a big win, and it's definitely something that we're going to need to continue to address. Again, unfortunately, this is a tough one, even though it has bipartisan support, and we definitely have sympathy with both parties, especially because therapy has really gotten a rotten deal out of all the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule adjustments. It's a really hard fix. There's a lot of advocating for a permanent fix to the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule. I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for that to happen. But that means that we continue to work behind the scenes, which is why it's so valuable to have lobbyists on the hill for occupational therapy who are working on behalf of this. Because let me tell you, the surgeons are there, the PTs are there, everybody's there. And so it's really valuable that we have someone representing occupational therapy specifically. So obviously, this has a big impact on our Part B providers, our private practice clinicians, our mobile Part Bs. But anywhere else that Part B is billed, such as your observation stays in the hospital, skilled nursing facilities, hospital-based outpatients, it's also going to impact those services as well. So don't be surprised if your company or your employer relies a lot on Part B funding, if they try and tighten the belt a bit. Now to go with that less than ideal news, we do have at least some good news with you remember the pay go, that was that 4% cut that was across the board to all Medicare spending. As expected, that was waived, and so now occupational therapy practitioners and all Medicare settings are no longer facing this 4% reduction. So that's at least some good news. Our next item on the less than ideal outcomes has to do with occupational therapy assistance. Now, don't worry, nothing is changing per se with OTAs, but that's just the problem. So we obviously have the OTA payment differential, which I have an an article as well as a podcast episode on what is the OTA payment differential and how to use it in practice because it is required if you're billing Medicare Part B, as well as for now, so a few other health insurance programs. But we had the Stabilizing Medicare Access to Rehabilitation and Therapy, the SMART Act, and this bill would provide mitigations to the cuts, so it's providing exemptions for rural and or medically underserved areas, as well as it would have provided a change to the Medicare supervision provision. Under Medicare, under Part B, in private practice only, OTAs are required to have direct supervision, meaning that someone must be physically in the clinic. Now, yes, I know, under the public health emergency, there is currently an exemption for that policy, and it's in effect through the end of calendar year 2023, but we were really hoping for a permanent fix. Now, here's where the sticking point was. AOTA and APTA conducted a study, or they paid someone to conduct an economic study looking at you know, what would be the cost of the SMART Act? So would it save money? Would it cost money? What would that look like? Now, these health economists determined that a change in supervision would lead to a cost savings because more services would be provided by an OTA versus an OT. And because those payment differentials, it would be cheaper if the service is provided by an OTA versus an OT for Medicare unfortunately, the Congressional Budget Office or the CBO didn't agree with that assessment. They were seeing it still as a cost. So because they weren't seeing it as a savings, which is what we were hoping they would see it as, they saw it as a cost, and therefore they didn't include it in the legislation. Now, this doesn't mean that everything is over. It just means that we have to reintroduce the legislation and we have to continue advocacy efforts in order to try and get the supervision laws changed. The other part of that was the exemptions. Now, AOTA has been advocating for an exemptions for rural and medically underserved areas. The rural and medically underserved areas are areas where we heavily rely on occupational therapy assistance and physical therapy assistance in order to provide care to these residents. So having a payment differential is negatively going to impact access to care. Because oftentimes these facilities are already underfunded, which, if you didn't know, skilled nursing facilities are the largest biller of Part B, so that's who most is heavily impacted by some of these OTA payment differential, which is under Medicare Part B and not A. So these skilled nursing facilities heavily rely on assistance, and so having that payment differential really overproportionally negatively impacts those facilities, which then you know negatively impacts the beneficiaries that are receiving care in those settings. Now, unfortunately, providing an exemption also costs money because obviously then it would be increasing reimbursement to those settings. So that costs money, which also means it was not included. We are asking for a study to be completed that also was not included in the bill. But again, AOTA will continue to advocate for this. The study is trying to get Congress and the Government Accountability Office to look at how the cut is impacting patients and whether or not it is impacting patient access, because that gives us more leg to stand on in terms of evidence as to why this policy is negatively impacting patient access. Now, fortunately, those are really the only two less than ideal outcomes. They're not the end of the world, not much has changed. Obviously the Medicare physician fee schedule isn't ideal, definitely has some real-world impacts. In terms of the SMART Act, again, definitely has real-world impacts, At this point, essentially nothing changes in terms of regulation. So we're just going to have to continue to live to fight another day. And I'm guessing what you're wondering is what's next? What do we do now? First and foremost, what's next is that AOTA is going to continue to analyze this bill. This bill was over 4,000 pages. And so they are reading through it and looking for opportunities where even if it doesn't mention occupational therapy specifically, where we still have an opportunity to benefit from some of the changes that were addressed in this bill. So some of the opportunities that AOTA identified were some transparency in how home health services are paid for by Medicare, so this could potentially benefit occupational therapy services, either through an increase in reimbursement under PDGM or at least some more transparency. Um, There's also some increased funding for the 988 Suicide Prevention Helpline Program and Mental Health Crisis Services, which obviously occupational therapy has a role on in, and AOTA also has some great resources about the role of OT in these programs. There are some big focuses on maternal health and maternal mental health. So again, another role that occupational therapy can possibly play and opportunities there with those fundings. And there's also been some increased funding for general and special education, which obviously occupational therapy has a role in that as well. So AOTA will continue to analyze this legislation and look for opportunities to expand the influence and opportunities for occupational therapy practitioners. What's next is also that we need to reintroduce the bills that didn't pass and look towards introducing new legislation. So because this is a brand new Congress, we are now in the 118th Congress and have a newly elected Speaker of the House finally, we now can start the process of reintroducing bills. Now, oftentimes this takes an extended period of time. So like if you were to go to the AOTA Take Action page, you're probably not going to see a lot of information there because there's nothing introduced in Congress currently. So we have to find people who are going to support the bill, they have to get the bill introduced and those sorts of things. Now we do have some really exciting opportunities. Jason Smith is a Republican out of Missouri who is a big supporter of our occupational therapy home health legislation. He is going to be the head of the Ways and Means Committee, which is a huge committee for health policy. So that's a really big win for us. So there are a lot of really great opportunities. And of course, Our legislation is always bipartisan, so supported by both Republicans and Democrats. So in a Congress that is divided, meaning that each party controls one chamber, so in this case we have Republicans that control the House and Democrats which control the Senate, legislation has to be bipartisan. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. So this is a great opportunity for occupational therapy legislation. But I wouldn't expect any kind of big wins in the next six months. It's just going to be a time of All the AOTA lobbyists getting to know who's new in Congress, figuring out where everyone's going to sift out as they continue to do committee assignments, and then looking towards opportunities to get our legislation introduced. We know that AOTA is looking into getting occupational therapy added as a qualifying service. There is a lot of support for this, but we don't know how quickly it's going to happen because, again, it is a cost. We know we're looking at permanent expansion of telehealth, we're looking at a permanent solution to the Medicare physician fee schedule because we've really gotten a rotten deal over the last few years. Of course, we'll continue looking for a solution to mitigate the occupational therapy payment differential as well as addressing OTA supervision. So lots of opportunities, lots of ways that we can have an impact, and lots of opportunities for you to get involved. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, again, head to the show notes, look at those articles, inform yourself, be prepared for what is happening, because as these rules come out, that'll be another opportunity for advocacy as things move through the rulemaking process. If you have questions about the rulemaking process or what exactly happens with Medicare policy? I also happen to have a podcast episode on that, and I'll link that in the show notes for you called How Is Medicare Law Made? So check out that podcast as well. And just get involved. So AOTA is going to have their annual Hill Day, probably sometime in September. Maybe it'll be in person, maybe it'll be virtual. If it's in person, there is always a virtual option. So highly encourage you to keep an eye out for that. Usually they announce the dates sometime in July or August. So definitely a great opportunity to get involved. Obviously going to AOTA Inspire is always another great way to learn about what's going on, learn about how you can get involved, you know, rub elbows with people at AOTA. Unfortunately, I will not be there, even though Kansas City is my hometown, it is the same weekend as my sister's wedding, and obviously I can't skip that. So, I will be at my sister's wedding, I'm very excited for her, but I am so sad that I will not get to see you all in Kansas City. But, great opportunity again for you all to meet people who are having an influence and to find a way to get involved. AOTA did say that they had over 7,800 letters sent to Congress in November and December alone of this year, so thank you. To all of you who submitted letters to Congress, it does have an impact to share your story with why these policies impact you and how they impact your patients. It really makes a difference. And if you want to do something, if you want to continue to learn how to get involved, what exactly these policies mean for your practice and how you can have an influence on them because you can then i want you to again get on the wait list for the amplify ot membership because we are going to be discussing issues exactly like this in that membership program in that community because we're going to have forums it's going to have groups courses All that kind of stuff. I'm super excited. And of course, it's only going to continue to improve. Sign up at the first sign up, which is going to be end of January, early February. It'll be at a discounted rate before I increase prices for the next launch. And once you're at that discounted rate, you are locked in, meaning the price will not go up for as long as you're in the membership. So you could end up getting a pretty good deal. So again, head to the link in the show notes or AmplifyOT.com membership to get yourself on the wait list. All right, folks, that's all I've got for you today. Upcoming episodes, I'm planning to talk about some skilled services, plan to talk about the 60% rule, all sorts of topics. So if you have something that you want to make sure that I speak about, send me a DM, send me an email, and let me know what you want to hear on Amplify OT Podcast. All right, everybody, happy new year and have a great rest of your day. If you made it this far, I want to just take a moment to say thank you so much for listening to the Amplify OT Podcast and I hope you're feeling a little more inspired and prepared to amplify your value and the value of occupational therapy. If you found yourself at any point thinking, gosh, I guess policy isn't that dull and boring, then you're definitely going to love how we talk about policy and advocacy in the Amplify OT membership. There's a link in the show notes where you can sign up today so you can take an immediate next step towards emerging as a confident clinician. And of course, don't forget to follow the Amplify OT podcast so that way you never miss an episode. And, you know, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and leave us a five star review, because that's the best way to help others find the podcast, too. And of course, thank you so much to Jessica Riccio for editing this podcast and for all of you for giving me a reason to record it. You're now officially part of the OT amplifier community, and you are now prepared to go out there and advocate for OT. Because remember, if we don't advocate for occupational therapy, then who will?